Hello there, welcome to MLEX's weekly podcast covering the top regulatory stories of the moment. I'm James Paniki, I'm a senior editor with MLEX's Asia Pacific Operations. It's great to be in your feed once again. This week, one of the biggest tech issues around digital advertising or ad tech. Why is it that the platform of your choice knows your tastes, your biases, your prejudices sometimes better than you know them yourself? The answer is, of course, data. Every virtual step you take, indeed, uh, arguably every real step you take with a device in your pocket, is being examined and scrutinised, and all in the name of delivering you a tailor-made advertising experience. It's a world that has long been of interest to regulators, which is why the decision by the EU's antitrust watchdog to launch a fresh probe into Google's ad tech practices was big news, although arguably not that surprising. In fact, MLEX's faithful subscribers are only too aware that there is plenty of regulatory action going on around the world on this front, and we'll touch base with our correspondents in Seoul and Sydney to get a sense of where things stand in Asia. First up, though, Nicholas Hurst is MLEX's chief correspondent on the EU antitrust beat, and he joins me now from Brussels. Now, Nicholas, I tried to uh, explain ad tech just now, but how would you describe it? Oh, that's complicated. Um, (laughs) Ad tech is this complex chain of technology that basically puts adverts on websites when you open them. Now, behind these adverts is a whole series of events such as uh, auctions, multiple auctions, informing advertisers about who the person that's browsing is and so on and so on. And all of this happens in the flicker of an eye, the time it takes to load the web page. So what we're talking about is advertisements, as you and I have always understood them, but they are powered by personal data, which makes them particularly effective in targeting people and telling them exactly what they what they do want rather than what they may or may not want. That's right. So the internet, you know, the ad tech world may know that you, James Maniki, are interested in finding someone to look after your dog. And you're going to be relentlessly, remorseless, remorselessly shown adverts about doggy care. Mm. All right, then that's uh, good news for my dog who will be uh, receiving services that he never realised he actually needed. But that said, there's a lot going on in Europe at the moment on this front when it comes to the regulation of ad tech. And it's not just at an EU level, but at a member state level as well. That, yeah, it's been raining ad tech cases. So... In the last month or two, we've had uh, a French competition authority has settled with Facebook. It's hit Google with fines of 220 million, prompting Google to say that it's going to make global changes to its ad tech policy. Uh, The German competition authority has opened a new case and the European Commission, uh, last but not least, just uh, two weeks ago, opened a sprawling ad tech case into all these different aspects of Google's uh, online business. And so what aspects are they looking into? Uh, can we, I, I realise it's, it's a rather broad spectrum of issues, but just uh, in, in, in just a couple of words, what issues are they focusing on? Well, perhaps the easiest way to talk about this is who these cases actually help. So if you take the French settlement with Facebook, for example, the complainant there was a company called Criteo, which is an ad tech company. And it basically wanted to operate in the Facebook ecosystem by helping advertisers place ads, helping them understand the data, helping them analyze their advertising campaigns. And Facebook, the French competition authority thought, 
was making life more difficult for this type of ad tech company. If you take the French case against Google, which just to reminder, ended in a 220 million euro fine. There it was about ensuring that uh, publishers had more choice when choosing which ad tech company would place the adverts on their websites. So it was about giving website publishers like L'Echo or Le Monde, these French newspapers, uh, more choice. If you take the European Commission case, one aspect of that is about YouTube. YouTube is obviously one of the uh, prime uh, internet real estates and the Commission's concerned that Google makes it difficult for other online advertising companies to work with YouTube. Okay, well, let's talk about the consumers in that case, given that they are uh, obviously central to these considerations. How do they stand to benefit? How does the average uh, consumer in the European Union stand to benefit from this flurry of regulatory activity? Well, Europe's got their back as well, in particular the Germans. So the German Competition Authority has opened a case looking at the idea that Google may be using its, its, uh, its market power online, its dominance, its preeminence, the fact that consumers don't have any other option in theory other than to use Google search and Gmail and so on and so on. And whether Google might be using that omnipresence to collect unfair amounts of data from consumers. Um, so you can see there's a strong privacy link. So part of this case is about checking whether uh, Google might be abusing the privacy rules to uh, increase its market market power. Mm. So it's it's privacy on the one hand, but it is underpinned by notions of antitrust and competition, is it not? In the sense that this is about the accumulation of vast amounts of data and how that might be used in an anti-competitive way. That's right. As in, Google might be using its uh, its market power to, to infringe privacy rules in a way that no one else could do, and that could be giving it an unfair advantage over rivals that cannot engage in the same sort of skullduggery. But just returning to the privacy issue uh, very briefly, Google will tell anyone who will listen that it is in fact taking steps to improve privacy. Is that, uh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, that's, uh, this, that's been applauded in, in some quarters, but the competition enforcers are worried that these steps, while benefiting privacy, may also have the positive upside of Google of favouring its own business over those of rivals. Take the Privacy Sandbox project, which is the a plan to phase out cookies in the Google ecosystem, effectively online within a certain time frame. Antitrust regulators are worried that while Google may be denying others the ability to use cookies, it nonetheless maintains a way of tracking users online. So it could be benefiting, you know, while it, it hobbles others, it would be able to benefit and take advantage of the situation. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, Google settled a UK anti antitrust investigation to just this issue by saying that the UK enforcer could effectively have a seat on the board of the project. So the power to veto aspects of this, this, um, this plan if it doesn't like what it sees as a, as a thing moves forward. Okay, so you know what what game is Google playing here? Is it uh, is it playing nice on the privacy front to protect its interests, as some regulators uh, may believe, as you've just mentioned, or is there more to it than that? 
It's it's hard to say. I mean, certainly we in Europe were used to seeing Google Google fight and fight hard. There was uh, it tried to settle a series of European Commission antitrust investigations. It failed some seven years ago, and since then it's been fighting the Commission tooth and nail, taking it to court and being fined eight billion euros in the process. Over the last couple of months, we've seen really a few efforts to make peace with regulators. It could be that Google has turned the page and decided it's got a new approach. It could be, though, that all of this is theatre for the really big uh, danger in the Google sphere at the moment, which is the problems in the United States, the litigation and so on. So these settlements in Europe could be a way of managing the optics to some extent for the US litigation, a way of saying, look, we can play nice when regulators are sensible, when people ask us you know, to broker solutions, we're forthcoming. Mm. Well, what's the latest on that? I mean, our US-based colleagues have been uh, doing a fine job in reporting all of the ins and outs. But uh, just in a few words, what is the state of play in the US? Well, Frank, there's not been so much, so so many develops in the last couple of months, other than a few more states that have joined Texas and, and its merry band of, uh, of states in suing Google. Uh, the latest is that the trial will take place in Texas uh, in 2023. Okay, Nicholas, lovely to talk as always. Thank you for taking the time to keep us uh, up to date. My pleasure. Thank you. Nicholas Hurst, MLEX's Chief Antitrust Correspondent in Brussels, and his analysis of the European Commission's Google probe, written with our Editor-in-Chief Lewis Crofts, is now online and ready for you to read. MLEXmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the appropriately named News Hub tab for the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. And let's uh, crack on with our wrap of ad tech investigations. Jenny Lee is an MLEX reporter based in South Korea, where there have been quite a few developments in ad tech regulation and enforcement of late. Jenny joins me now from Seoul. And first up, we should mention that the antitrust enforcer, the Korea Fair Trade Commission, the KFTC, has launched a probe into Google, and it just happened a few months ago. Now, uh, maybe we should start with that. Tell me something about uh, that investigation and how things are, are panning out. Um, sure, James. Well, uh, the things we know about the KFTC's probe into Google with regards to digital advertising are very, very few at this point. Um, how we learned about this probe was through the dawn raid the regulator conducted in early May. Um, on the premises of the company's South Korean unit. And um, we were able to confirm from our sources that it was in connection with Google's trade practices in the digital ad markets. Um, the exact allegations the company is facing are still under wraps, but the assumption is that Google, which sells ad products based on its vast amounts of user data, may have restricted its customers, including app developers, from using other rival app platforms. And um, the KFCC is looking into that. So the news came as a surprise to many because up until the point the word digital advertising rarely came up, if at all, in the regulatory landscape in South Korea. But um, it is consistent with the KFTC's much-heralded drive to regulate online platforms 
And so perhaps investigating the digital ad markets is a natural step. Mm. Now, shortly before that Google probe, which, as you've uh, mentioned, we only know about as a result of those dawn raids, uh, the KFTC announced that it was looking into Facebook with, uh, with regard, once again, to digital advertising. What can you tell us about that uh, that investigation? Sure. Um, well, the same goes for Facebook, which too faced a field search by the KFTC back in March. Um, speculation had been swirling at the time that the regulation was investigating whether uh, the social media giant used its user data as leverage to seek unfair terms from app developers when signing advertising contracts. But once again, the exact allegations involved have not been made public. All right. Now, this is all part of increased scrutiny of ad tech on the part of the KFTC, but also uh, we've seen a role being played by the privacy regulator in South Korea, because as Nicholas just mentioned, uh, there are certainly some privacy concerns underpinning uh, digital advertising. He mentioned them in the context of the EU. That that uh, that issue is playing out in South Korea as well, right? Um, that's right, James. Um, the KFTC's increased scrutiny of EdTech is not clear, with the antitrust regulator saying it is now pursuing a review of the market's condition and factors limiting competition, as well as data collection practices of ed businesses, which are at the heart of uh, digital advertising. But the privacy regulator, the Personal Information Protection Commission, has largely been silent, all the while having a plant in the works to regulate the digital ad markets. Um, only when we asked the PIPC about the privacy concerns linked with digital ad did it say it is aware of them and is paying close attention to any possible breaches. So um, their response was somewhat expected because targeted advertising, which entails businesses compiling large amounts of users' behavior data, undoubtedly falls under the scope of the PIPC, which oversees how data is collected, managed, and distributed. So um, right now, it appears the privacy regulator is also doing a preliminary study of the markets from the perspective of privacy regulations, possibly looking into things like, you know, whether data collected by ad platforms, such as users' browsing histories, what they click on, the content they create and share, and their location, run the risk of revealing their identities, especially when combined with other personal information, such as email addresses and phone numbers, and um, whether this results in any violation of the country's privacy regime. Mm. Now, just recently, the KFTC announced that it will be creating a specialized unit to deal with uh, ad tech. Now, this is the kind of uh, inside baseball that only MLEX really cares about. We love all talk about sort of new units and, uh, you know, new structural approaches to, uh, to, to enforcement. What do we know about this unit uh, at, at the moment? Um, yes, sure. So last month, uh, the KFTC held a press briefing to announce that it had established a new unit dedicated to ad tech under its ICT task force, which has been in operation since November 2019. Well, um, the investigation is just starting and it doesn't yet have a clear understanding of, you know, how these markets are structured and who the players are. So the unit, which currently has four officers, will do the status check first. 
uh, before it strives to search out unfair trade practices, such as illegally tying unnecessary services to their app platform services, interfering with their competitive transactions, and deceptively collecting, linking, or combining user data for use in targeted advertisements. So we talked to a couple of our sources, and they said, the team is currently studying the recent settlement between Google and the French authorities and reading reports published by competition regulators in other jurisdictions, such as the UK and Japan. All right. There's even more confirmation that uh, that regulators around the world are watching each other very, very closely on issues such as this. But Jenny, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, James. Jenny Lee is an MNEX reporter based in Seoul, and she's been reporting on these ad tech developments with her colleague Wu Yong Lee, and will post their analysis of ad tech probes in South Korea uh, to the website. Now, from Sydney, our correspondent Laurel Henning has been covering Australia's approach to ad tech, and she joins us now. Now, Laurel, what's Australia's approach to ad tech? What's the state of play at the moment? Well, it's a lot less dramatic, James, than what we heard from Jenny in terms of the South Korean dawn raids of uh, Google's premises. Uh, No, the ACCC, the Australian competition regulator, hasn't been doing anything quite like that. But the ad tech inquiry uh, in Australia has been going on since... uh, early last year, and it finds its origins sort of in the digital platforms inquiry that finished up here in 2018. From that investigation, we have two long-term probes that sort of came from there, one which is five years long, looking into the digital platforms industry and comes up with interim reports every six months or so, things as various as private messaging, online marketplaces to be covered there, and then separately an 18-month-long report into competition in the digital advertising services industry. So that's where we are with this one now. We've had an interim report that came out a couple of months ago, and we're expecting the final report uh, to be sent to government at the end of August, which means that we should see it sometime in September. Okay, so uh, what recommendations have been made so far in that interim uh, report and subsequent to that? What kind of ideas are on the table? Well, one suggestion put forward so far by the ACCC is to break up the data sets of Facebook and Google with the intention of making it easier for rival ad tech providers to enter into the market and to compete with these two companies. Um, Basically, this would boost data portability and data interoperability into the industry, Uh, data portability being something that the ACCC already works on in Australia under Australia's consumer data right, which already applies to the banking industry. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, a bit later, I think. But the main challenge here is whether the benefit of forcing companies to break up their data um, outweighs the burden that it would impose on those companies, because it would be quite a burdensome process and it could probably slow down efficiency of the market and that could be a real problem for for competing companies as well as the larger ones. The ACCC has also suggested something that Nick and Jenny have both touched on in terms of how heavily the um, businesses rely on Google's YouTube platform for advertising. So if they're advertising on YouTube, they're therefore reliant on Google ad tech services to, to, to buy ads. And this raises a question of conflict of interest. So something something similar being touched on there in Australia to what we've seen in Europe and in South Korea. Now, industry never jumps with joy at the prospect of new, fresh regulation. How have the big tech companies responded to these uh, ideas that have been put forward? 
Again, some overlaps that we've seen already in today's conversation, but it's always about privacy, isn't it? These are always the concerns that come forward from industry. And we've had comments from companies including Google, obviously Facebook, Twitter, Rakuten as well, and even Uber via their various industry groups. Um, And because of those privacy-related issues um, that the ACCC's recommendations throw up, these, these companies say that if the regulator pursues this route, this route of breaking up data and other recommendations that it's made so far, it should be working closely, not only with Australia's privacy regulator, but with international regulators, other regulators around the world. And as in South Korea, the privacy regulator is involved in this debate so far. So in it, in its own submission to um, the ACCC's interim report, so as, as much as we know from the ACCC so far, the Australian privacy regulator has said that data portability, if introduced, would have to be um, with obviously with express user consent. And that if the data portability system is separate to that other program I've already mentioned, that consumer data right, if it was a separate data portability system introduced in Australia, then it would need to be clear, the regulator, the ACCC would need to be clear in that instance as to how that new system interacts with um, Australia's Privacy Act, as well as how it interacts with global privacy regimes. So again, that theme of international privacy regulators, international privacy regulation comes into play. Okay, now for those unfamiliar with uh, the Australian regulatory and political processes, let's talk about what's next. You've mentioned that the final report will be handed to government in August. What happens after that? Well, then it is really up to the government to decide how it wants to respond. It normally, well, I say normally, with the digital platforms inquiry, um, it came up with its own sort of pathway and response to the digital platforms inquiry in terms of the things, the the recommendations it would pick up, the things that it, it would introduce in response. We have seen some of those um, coming into play, for example, Australia's uh, news media bargaining code. But other than that, pretty slow going so far. Now, Laurel, this all comes at a time when digital platforms are facing uh, increased levels of scrutiny uh, in Australia. Can you tell us something about the other challenges that are facing uh, Facebook and Google at the moment? Sure, James. Well, I totally agree with what Nick was saying earlier in terms of this ad tech inquiry is really a a sideshow to the other legal challenges that especially Google is facing at the moment. Um, In Australia alone, Google, so it's wrapping up one uh, consumer lawsuit relating to location data collecting, and another consumer lawsuit against the company is underway. Facebook is facing its own consumer lawsuit over data gathering practices, Um, and a privacy lawsuit relating to the Cambridge Analytica scandal, of course. So both companies are facing larger legal challenges in Australia, aside from the ad tech inquiry. Um, And we should note as well that the head of the ACCC, Rod Sims, told us recently, in fact, that um, we should expect more lawsuits against digital platforms to come and competition lawsuits indeed. Laurel, uh, we look forward to reading your coverage of the final report and the Australian government's response to it. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been great. Thanks, James. Laurel Henning is a senior reporter for MNEX speaking to us from Sydney and we've posted a link to Laurel's most recent article on the ACCC's ad tech report at the usual website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's mlexmarketinsight, all one word, dot com. And subscribers, of course, will be able to click through to a substantial portfolio of reporting and analysis on the ad tech inquiry and even follow it all the way back to our work on the ACCC's Digital Platforms Inquiry, which is where all of this began. 
So some great weekend reading there for you at your virtual fingertips. Now, it saddens me to have to acknowledge the end of today's program, but on the bright side, I can assure you that we'll be back in your feed next week at more or less the same time. The MNEX podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. So where possible, please leave a review and help us spread the word. From me, James Paniki, and everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you very much for listening. I'll see you again very soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.